Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dude, I'm in a foul mood, and you and the listeners are going to bear the brunt of it. What's going on, Monty? I uh, just my I'm, mic's. I've broken my thing as well, so I'll do this, and you regale me with some um, tales of your mood, your foul mood. I'm just over it. The lockdown. I think this pandemic is boring. This this lockdown's the hottest thing going right now. And it's got to be said, it's a privilege to find a pandemic boring, but that's where I'm at with it. I'm just over it. I don't like um, what's happening, where we used to be the ones who are celebrating in the streets, maskless, restrictionless, and then now I just, all I do is I'm just in or around my house. Ah, old Kiwi boy getting a taste of his own medicine You'd doesn't like it so I much. because I developed the medicine, it would taste good, but it doesn't. Well, I hate it. Well, well, Look who's come right round to the sensible way of thinking with me and the rest of the Joe Rogan Experience community and demanding that we reopen services. And just get everyone exposed to this uh, flu, really, when you think about it, isn't it? It's It's, just a flu. Is Joe Rogan saying that about the world or about New Zealand? Who fucking knows? Definitely Australia, and I'm pretty sure he he heard about us. Someone mentioned New Zealand to him, so you know how he goes. What a watershed moment for our country. Finally. I'm (laughs) fucked off, too. Can I tell you why I'm fucked off? I'd love to hear it. I'm shocked I made it back here in time, to be honest. I didn't think I would. Um, I went for a, a big walk, a big six-kilometre walk. What's that in the Queen's Miles? Five? Four. Don't flatter yourself. Four and a half. Don't flatter yourself. It. Fuck you. It's not four and a half. Because the day we're recording is, remember, remember, the 5th of November, Guy Fawkes Day, and this goddamn puny-ass country that we live in, this little Antipodean, parochial, (laughs) fucking backwater outpost, we have the briefest of windows to buy fireworks now. It has been whittled down. 
over the years to, I think, a three-day sale period now. And the real fucking kicker is our version of Kmart, the warehouse, announced this year that they weren't going to sell fireworks. And I've just literally been walking around the neighborhood looking for some fireworks to buy and haven't found any. Guy, by your face, I can tell that you know exactly where they are and I'm going to get even madder. They're like, if you walk through Sandringham shops, they're about another 600 meters less. 400 meters towards my house. They're selling them outside of, they're selling them out of a, um, wait, is that the burger thing next to the school? No, it's outside a church. It's in a church car park just before you go through the traffic lights and hit Sandringham Road extension. There's like literally a giant, um, I got a hot tip on the local community Facebook page that said, go to the school and there's a food truck there that sells fireworks. And I walked all the way there and the food truck no. was there, but it was shut. This is a this is like a literal container they've put in a church car park with fireworks written on the front of it. Fuck. Jesus. And it's so close to your house. I'm so sick of everybody saying that we need to ban fireworks too. I mean What they're forgetting is fireworks fucking rock. I'm super interested in your take on this. I see like I feel like it's the- Everyone's all like, oh, my dog, oh, my baby. Guess what? i got a dog and a baby, and I'm, I'm still team pyro. Yeah, I love that because Let I, us blow I know up. that you've taken on these life responsibilities, and it fills me with joy to be like, you know. Um, some of my friends have dogs and babies, and they're okay with fireworks. That's how I feel. Wait, that isn't how you feel. You've just described how your friend feels. How do you feel about fireworks, Monty? I don't care. I, what the fuck? That's the worst opinion of all. No, it's not. It's awesome. I see people fight. I see people getting upset online being like, fireworks are king or fireworks are bad. It's like... You're bad. The thing that's bad is not picking a side. No, it's, that's bullshit. You don't, need to, you don't need to have an opinion Terrible. on everything. I'm not asking you to have an opinion on everything, mate. I'm asking you about our three-day window for Guy Fawkes to commemorate a failed attempt of terrorism on Her Majesty's Parliament, and uh, you won't even dignify it with taking a position. For God's sake. Uh, All right. I don't want to let you weasel an opinion out of me, but I will say... um, There's nothing weaselly about this, mate, except your lack of having an opinion on it. I'm for fireworks. Yes, brother. Doesn't matter anyway. They're going to steamroll us, guy. We're dinosaurs. I We've got it. the wrong opinion. The government doesn't care about <laughs> you us anymore. You just lured me over here to this opinion. I know. Well, I, guess everyone what? Says the grass gonna, isn't always greener. It's going to be our last year. Yeah. I mean, look, on balance, I think way more people fucking hate them and hate the consequences of them than, um, you know, derive enjoyment from them. But, you know, we don't get a lot of opportunity to injure ourselves that's still legal these days. I just remember the buzzy. I just, I mean, probably say it every year. The buzzy bees. You remember those? Of course. Just yeah, like, tell me about the buzzy bees, guy. I don't think we've talked about fireworks. Little local fireworks. Tiny airborne mobile firework. You light it on fire. You have no control over where it goes, and it just yeah. it hisses around at about like perfect eye level for children. <laughs> Yeah, and they are so unpredictable and so hot. It's just like 
a 300 degree roaming cascade of sparks and you don't know where it's going to go. It's the opposite of lockdown. That's the problem. And do you know, I walked around the neighborhood last night, Guy, and it was Diwali. And and where I live now is kind of a majority Indian community. This is where like the Indian diaspora diaspora in Auckland live. And um, there was so much like... Uh, contained joy, you know, like people in in fucking awesome clothes, but just going to pick up takeaway and then go home again. That's such and horse shit, pe- man. Every, like, people letting off fireworks, but like just on their front yard with their kid. It was like, oh, we're so close to having a a nice enjoyment of something. Yeah. It's just being like, and I, I want. I'm not saying that. Um, yeah, yes, he is. Whatever he's about to say that he's not, he, he is. I'm not. Know this. I'm not. I'm not saying. That we shouldn't be in lockdown. I'm not saying I have a better alternative. What I'm fucking saying is I'm bored out of my skull, and I'm I'm just like getting. Sometimes now when I go for a run, Tim, usually I'm like just enjoying my endorphin hit and having a nice time and like striding out and you know thinking my thoughts. But sometimes, Tim, now when I go for my runs, I'll see people, people I don't know, and I think I should fucking push that person into the creek. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> you need to do what I did. I have a safe that I keep all my drugs in, and then I forget what I have. And uh, I went rummaging the other day and found that I have a bunch of uh, magic mushrooms that I forgot about. And so I took like a third of a gram um, to test them out to see if they still worked, and it was such a nice day. It was like the nicest day we've had here in a long time, just beautifully sunny. And at about 11.30 a.m., had the mushies and then got on an e-bike, a rented e-bike at noon and just fucking roamed around the city for three hours. Just go, went down to the water, went to the city, went around the gardens, the, went to the domain. The mushies still work? It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But that was it. But who even cares? You don't even need that component to it, you know? I have been getting out of the house. I just, oh. You've got to spend, and this is actually probably bad advice from a public health point of view, but spend as much time not in your house as possible, which is quite hard when, um, you know, presumably we're supposed to be locked down inside our houses. Yeah. But, mate, fuck, Christ, you know, cry, cry, cry me a river. That's what I was looking for. I'm not looking for your sympathy, Tim. I'm telling you how I'm going. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I want to hear from some friends. <laughs> I am your fucking friend. No, no, real friends. You don't write me letters. Oh man, I'm gonna have a bad. I'm gonna. I'm a rude dude with a bad dude. <laughs> You're asking for trouble. We should put that on a hat. Do you want me to read you a really long email? Would that cheer you up? Probably not. But I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Compliance. Compliance. Update slash friendzone message, dear. Timmy Batson and Alexander Halifax. Sorry for the long message, but I've been holding off sending another letter until this moment. I've finally done it. It only took me two years, but I've just finished listening to every episode of TWIOAT. Well, eat shit because we're making more. The friend zone. Oh, guy, you got put it, put a try and put a little um, smile on that dial for the next thirty-four minutes. And overlooked and undercooked. Every publicly released bonus episode 
and the episodes of Podcast in the Tree on the feed so far. I can now say with certainty that it's a good fucking podcast. You've got your hands on there, Fellows of the Frost. Good on ya. Okay, I do like Fellows of the Frost. Like many, I accomplished this feat while in the midst of completing my PhD. Nah, just kidding. I'm not smart enough. My name's Ewan. Say my name, yeah. even if it isn't. Never met a Ewan capable of finishing a PhD. Fact. Rough. My pronouns are currently they, them, but I'm far from settled, so feel free to sprinkle in she, her, and he, him whenever you feel so inclined. That is a blank check on pronouns. The freedom. This is fantastic. Um, I've lost my place. Oh, no, I got too excited with the clicker. And and you may remember me from a certain two-hour audio drama featuring a certain uh, cerulean spiny mammal and a certain pair of frosty fellas in cameo roles. The project is now complete and public. If you would like to hear my proudest creative achievement, just type Ogilvy, that's O-G-I-L-V-I-E, into YouTube. And scroll down until you see Sonic the Hedgehog nailed to a cross. I've struggled with the elevator pitch. So here's the one I used on the video transcript. In 2019, I thought it would be funny to write the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that I would most want to see that no one would ever make. I also thought it would be funny if I then got a full cast to perform it for me. And it would be really funny if I dedicated more time and effort into making an audio drama than anything I've ever made in my life. I am genuinely very proud of it. And that's the joke. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I'm so grateful to you boys for lending me a cameo. I've attached a preview clip uh, featuring one of the three scenes the fellas have throughout the runtime. If you want to hear the other two, you'll have to listen for yourself. I also want to mention something about Food Fight. The bonus episode was some time ago now, so I don't know how well you guys remember the movie or still care about it, but there was a moment where the two of you wistfully discussed the idea of possessing Food Fight merch with Guy even scouring the internet hoping to procure some. Well, funny story. I was in a dollar store over the summer, and what should I happen upon but a tall stack of Food Fight books, the kind with buttons kids press that make sounds as they're reading. I was obviously interested knowing Food Fight by reputation, and they're only a dollar each. So I looked up to see what a book like that went for on eBay. It went for quite a bit, something to the tune of a hundred Canadian dollars. So long story short, I now own about 20 copies of said Food Fight book, which were sat in the closet not four feet from my head while I listened to your episode, where it is still, turns out the books were still made in 2007, years before the movie itself was released, which I can track directly to a licensing deal that fell through, which was mentioned on Wikipedia, as well as your bonus ep, which makes them an even weirder artifact. I know you guys have talked about not having a P.O. box yet, so just let me know if you ever get one. You've got two Food Fight books with your names on them. Should you ever want them, or remember what in God's name I'm talking about? What are friends for, right? There's there's more to this guy. It's like three other paragraphs. Don't stop. I like many first time. I like many 
first became aware of you fellas and your brave journey through Death Blart. Before starting the pod proper, I had binged every available Death Blart multiple times. I wrote in multiple emails to Till Death to Us Blart email, hoping to secure my place in history with a spot on the show before finding out that the password uh, to that email was well and truly lost. After diving deeper into the well of Tim and Guy content, I watched through the Lou review and found one episode where Tim excitedly exclaims, Footlocker rules. Footlocker. A Death Blight connection. And released two years prior to the inexplicable moment in Paul Blight 2. Leaving me ample room to imply the possibility that this was in fact the origin of the battle cry. This would no doubt, I thought, make excellent fodder for an email doing just that, directed at Tim rather than the uh, dead Deathblight email this time in the usual ironic tone of such correspondences. So, imagine my dismay to find the emergency lockdown episode focused on Paul Blart 1 would be a commentary track and thus have no room for emails. Then imagine the rollercoaster of emotions when I went through the subject of uh, when I went through when the subject of Foot Locker came up and Tim announced that he remembered he'd received an email titled Foot Locker Solved and sorted out on his phone. Then for Tim to get partway through, realize I was joking, say this is garbage and abandon it completely. Alas, the closest I will ever get to the McElroy's will forever be when Travis happily said of my email, fuck it. Ah, well, the chips fall where they may. Right. Sorry to ramble on. Live every moment, uh, goddamn moment, and love every single day, you brave boys. You win. P.S. No need to read this part if it makes it to the friend zone. So, Well, you'll be shocked to hear by the girthy email fired off by you that the... Uh, independent, self-produced Sonic Hedgehog audio drama runs at a tight two hours and nine minutes on YouTube. Whoa. And it's um, it's got pretty healthy numbers. 3,828 views, 133 Hell people yeah. are into it. Hell yeah, dude. Well done. I'm going to write a note right now that we put a, uh, a YouTube link in the, in the notes. So if you're watching on a computer and you didn't want to watch a two-hour fan-made uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie, have at it. There's also an attached audio file. That'll be that's the teaser. F- that's us in the Sonic audio drama. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. Well, Ewan, I remember everything you're talking about. I remember Food Fight. I remember your email. Um, I do apologize for so rudely curtailing it, but. It felt very – you started talking about the Lou review and no one knows what that is except for Guy and me. So it didn't feel like it was sort of a good use of death blight time, you know. People would have just been confused and, and angry at such an obscure reference that they didn't understand. So that's why I sort of cut that short. So apologies for that. But um, very excited to – I don't know if I watched the entirety of the Sonic the Hedgehog thing at a, at a girthy two hours and nine minutes, but – I'll fucking, I'll have a little look into that. Dip in, dip it out. Sounds incredible. I think we all should. We all need to contribute to the numbers. Yeah, man, life's a game of freaking numbers. You just stay in your house. You either try and get your own numbers up or you bolster other people's numbers. But basically it comes down to a bunch of ones and twos. And human interaction and connection is worthless. It's all about the algorithm. Yeah. That's so true, guy. It's just so true. Surrender to the algorithm. Don't fight it. Um, thanks for consuming all of the content, though, Ewan. 
Isn't it nice to have someone get to the end of everything and go, hey, this was this was good. That is very sweet. Hey, guy, I recall a while back you were talking about watching a lot of reality TV during lockdown. Have you ever seen the Joe Schmo show? It seems right up your ally. That's right. I misread your stupid typo. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a Big Brother ripoff. But the twist is everyone on the show is an improv actor except one dude. The game and drama are all planned in advance and get increasingly more insane as the show goes on. All six or eight episodes are on YouTube. Fuck, that sounds fun and high concept. Tim, I asked you months, oh, ag- I asked you months ago if I could buy a copy of The Best Host of All Time, to which you promptly replied. But I forgot that I had asked and didn't see your reply until just the other day. Is the link still available through the site? Yes. I think so. If I've approved you, I think I need to click like approve on something. I can't remember. I haven't done it in a hot minute. So proud of you guys for finishing another season. Love you both and can't wait for what's next. Jake. Thanks, Jake. Joe Schmo show does ring a bell. Have you seen it, guy? No, but that premise does ring a bell. It's because there was a version of it. There was a New Zealand reality show during like the in our reality TV pomp when Julie Christie yes. was just pumping out television programs and it was like average, maybe it's called Average Joe or Regular Guy, or, but it was a reality show where it was one person and they weren't all improv actors. They were like New Zealand thespians and it was a guy and he lived in a house and they all had to try and like fuck him up. It's kind it was of like the true, it was the Truman show yeah. basically where only one person wasn't in on it and everyone else was It's um, pretty intense. It's kind of like psychological warfare, especially if it's like, as it's presented in this description of the Joe Schmo show, if you're upping the stakes because you become more and more unmoored from your ordinary reality, the longer that you'd be in that situation, it's pretty like intense. I don't think it works for um, Kiwis because we're too, chill about everything <laughs> it'd just be boring watch you get to the bit where he finds out that everyone else is an actor be like oh yeah but oh yeah the drama would be in like watching a new zealander on camera suppress their real response to something so that they could continue to appear <laughs> laid back and casual this is so good also i don't know oh this is the first season which was in 2003 of the joe schmo show they've got a. Uh, 10 characters, I think it is, and they're all archetypes of reality TV. So there was the bitch, the bachelor, the stalker, the moron, the weeper, the ear, the gotta be gay guy, the bachelorette, the drunk, the player, the schmo turned actress, and the pompous host. Sick. Good shit. I want to, I'm looking it up now. Someone's up. Oh, cool. Okay. Then season two was The Buddy, The Overachieving Asian, The Ex-Con, The Model, The Deaf Girl, and The Interpreter, The Black Guy, The Celebrity, The Asshole, The Widow, The Bounty Hunter, and The Trophy Wife. Joe Schmo Show sounds like it's aged perfectly. Yes, like a fine wine. (laughs) As all historical reality TV shows are guaranteed to do. You got some Time capsules impervious to the ill effects of a changing culture. That's right. You got anything for me, big boy? You want another email, guy? If you got one. This one says, friend zone? Paul Blart was right. That's the subject line. Interesting. You might want to sit on this until death Blart rolls around. 
but it could also make decent friend zone fighter as well. It appears that the tech in Paul Black Mall Cop 2 was actually ahead of its time. I've still never watched the movie, but I have heard every death blart and the laptop in this article is exactly what I've pictured when you boys have described the multi-screen abominations in PBMC2. Have a look. Say my name, Jonathan from Alabama. And we've got a link to the Aurora 7. Um, which is a 26-pound laptop with seven displays. Quickly, Guy, how many kgs is 26 pounds? It's 26 pounds? Mm-hmm. I guess it's like 12 kilos. Did you guess or did you Google? I guessed. Okay, cool. I don't, I'm not going to verify that. Um, but that sounds right. Do you know how I, how I ran that? I think you set it into your phone. No, no, no. I Oh, how you did the math. Yeah. How? Uh, because I know that, like, sometimes when I watch, the, or historically when I'd watch NFL or follow NFL, they'd be like, this lineman weighs 300 pounds and the linemen are big, big boys. And I'd be like, all right. And you'd always want to be able to equate that to sort of New Zealand sporting terms. And it was always like maybe 140, 140 maybe? It seems oh, whoa. so big. Maybe one twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say like one twelve. It's not. It's not. It's 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 more than double. But it's you know. Anyway, who cares? It's it's in that it's in that vicinity. Yeah, I'm actually gonna look that up. Three hundred pounds and um. Oh, I thought you meant the laptop because I'm looking at the laptop and it looks fucking awesome. Three hundred pounds got... is one hundred and thirty six kilos. 136. So there are people who are rocking around as uh, bona fide professional athletes weighing that amount? Hell yeah, dude. Shit, man. It's intense. Yeah. Try saying Guy, that This them. thing's got two normal laptop screens, like one on top of the other, just normal widescreen, and then it's got two more glued to the sides, which go in the other orientations. They're like in portrait. And then above both of those portrait ones are like two more little screens, like little seven-inch screens on top that flip up. Would you it's like it? It's a work it? of art. What's that? Would you like it? To have it? Yeah. 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 I want this to be my daily driver. <laughs> I want to be walking around with a 12kg laptop that's got seven. Imagine being at Starbucks and just... <laughs> Just seeing someone on that. What are they doing? I would love that. I always see people um, demonstrating multi-screen setups with uh, share trading. I'm not convinced you need lots of screens for that. Yeah, man. I got a, I got one for you from our tw- tweeter, from our Twiwet pod. Hey. Not to be confused with our subwoofer. Tim and Guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Tim and Guy. Nothing fancy. You read this on the friend zone, maybe don't say my name. Anyway. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. The, maybe a little mistake gets made. Maybe we blurt it out. Yeah. In the most recent episode of the pod, this is a while ago, uh, you talked about people being judged on their orgasming. That reminded me of the first time I went to see a midnight screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show way back in my college days. They knew I was a virgin and was brought on... I did air quotes for the listener. The air quotes are written. Well, then, for the listener, the air quotes were written, yeah. performed by Guy. I think, even without you saying it, I actually think I'd communicated them orally. My bad. No, no, it was good. 
and I was brought on stage with the other first-timers and we all had to fake an orgasm on stage in front of the sold-out show. It was all... Oh, a virgin to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, not to sex. Uh... It's not. That's what I'm inferring. No, I inferred virgin. I was a virgin Actual. when I arrived at university, and it was my deepest, darkest shame. Come on, man. I know. Ridiculous. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, it was all very embarrassing, but I said, fuck it, and really went for it. The crowd seemed to enjoy my performance. Anyway, I don't really have a good wrap-up for the story. <laughs> you just reminded me of it. <laughs> This is the difference between a message via email and a message via Twitter. A message via email is like someone taking out their inkwell and quill and putting putting it to paper, having a good think, and getting some prose down on a bit of um Yeah, papyrus. dude, that's all the emails I send, certainly. They're prose and well thought but, out. But a DM, a DM on Twitter is uh, it's like an errant thought roaming through your head that you just blurt out. Okay, Tim, I just want to do a quick a, bit of in a men's room. word association with you. I'll, I'll finish this message first and then I'll do word association. Um, this certainly has been a memorable season. Can't wait to see what you boys do next. I know it'll be great. Beautiful message. Um, okay, Tim. You know what we're doing next? Lockdown, baby. Okay, Tim, here's a word for you. Vacuum. Suck. Light bulb. Electricity. Sending an email. Typewriter. Receiving an email. Yay. Really? That's that's <laughs> what I was building towards. <laughs> really? You like receiving an you email. You like receiving emails? Uh not normally, no. I it's a great day when none come in. <laughs> okay, yeah, that yay really caught me off guard. Mm. Me too. The more you I know. think you really uh, got into my subconscious there, Guy Montgomery. Fun to do a bit of word association. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dear Tit and Lie, I don't know if it was your podcast that I heard someone suggest a puppet porno, 
I was binge listening a lot of podcasts at work, and the job is so monotonous that it started to melt together. Anyway, while I was listening to that convo, I was suddenly reminded of a film from 1976 called Let My Puppets Come. I saw this film in December. such a good title for a movie. Of 2019 as part of a marathon of, quote, mind-melting films. My local art house theatre was showing for charity. Thus, I had the infinite displeasure to watch this film on the not-so-big, but still relatively larger than the average TV screen, screen. The film is about three chief executives of Creative Concept Systems and Procedures Brothers Unlimited, Inc., played by puppets, of course, finding themselves in hot water when their latest project flopped and they need to pay back their mafia investor half a million dollars within 24 hours. A shifty courier who was just visiting the place suggests that they should make a porno to make their money back, which is what they set out to do. The title is a play on the musical Let My People Come, a sexual musical from 1974. That's why the film itself is also a musical. The film itself was directed by Gerard Demano, Demanio, Damiano. A name that probably doesn't say much to you, obviously. Yet, he was the director of the infamous porno film Deep Throat. Interesting to note was uh, that one of the composers of this film was Alan Silvestri. How do you say it, guy? Not Silvestri. Surely not Alan Saritsky. No. Well, this is Alan. Sounds like a similar name for maybe a different person. Hey, this movie sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, go on. Should we watch go it? Go on and go off. Uh, why not? Why not? If you don't know who that is, allow me to include some of the films that he composed. Back to the Future, the trilogy, Flight of the Navigator, Predators 1 and 2, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Stuart Little 1, Stuart Little 2, Castaway, Polar Express. I make this film sound more fun than it is. It is not. It has the kind of 70s sleaze to it and is more cringy than fun. Anyway, I wish you well in your further endeavours within the pornographic media and hope that they will give you boys ample frosting if you know what I mean. Greetings from Belgium. Say my name, you cowards. You absolute Fucking wankers, you. Yanni. That guy's... Emphasis on the ya. That guy's got Van, my energy. Van Voren. I loved it. Guy, have you seen Flight of the Navigator? Because weirdly, I was listening to the soundtrack very recently. No, I've not. But I'm on the guy's like wiki, guy. Alan Silvestri. Mm. That's how you'd say it. I got confused because I thought it was like Elaine... So I started yeah, yeah. melding them together, and I don't even know how to say his name confidently. Understandably. He sounds like the movie's bad, but it's just like so deep in the middle of what we've been studying. I actually could play a little Flight of the Navigator while you tell me about Let My Puppets Come, because I feel like you've got that information roughly to hand. You, well, you're getting pretty enthused. Not a lot. There's not a lot more to it than... um. What's been said, 1976 pornographic film, all the sex scenes in the film are between puppets or puppets on human. Puppets on human. Yeah. Uh, It was released the same year as The Muppet Show, being referred to as a sexy Muppet movie. It's a sexy 
Hey, think of the Muppets. Now think sexy. Yeah, and uh, Robert Fershing of all movie called the film Lighthearted, noting that the director uses the novelty of a cast consisting mostly of Muppet-style marionettes while remarking that the plot is a standard one of producers trying to create a film that will bring attention to their studio. He concludes, Damiano keeps the style breezy and charming enough that the film is unlikely to offend many potential viewers. It's just a funny title. All right, Guy, um, don't talk for a moment because you're on the same track as the music. I'm going to play some of the, the main theme, okay, mm-hmm. from Flight of the Navigator. Mm-hmm. I'm going to s- skip forward maybe. Oh, no, the start's good. What do you think, Guy? A soaring 80s film score? Did you listen to this when you were biking around on mushrooms? Mm-mm. Should have, though. I love stuff that really, um, you know, I love the cinematic scope of movie scores. I like feeling like the protagonist of life. Which I guess in my own life I am. This one, this one's called Robot Romp. This one's got the most uh, plays on Spotify. Man, these old synths were fucking awesome, eh? Yeah, right. Oh, weirdly, do you know who's in this movie, guy? Who? Samuel L. Thinking. Oh shit! I sorry, I turned down your vote. Now I couldn't hear you. What? Samuel L. No, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, nice. A, a, like, I reckon one of her very first movies. It's got to be one of her breakout roles. Yeah. Frosty Fellers. Hello. You need to explain this Wizard of Christchurch thing to us poor Americans. (laughs) It's an absolute travesty that this man has lost his job. And I would wager is a greater crime against the world than... Wow. (laughs) Are we we in the middle of a message or are we done? No, we're still going, but... a greater crime against the world than the Holocaust, it says. Oh, well, look, I don't know about all that. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, Guy, please, let's dwell on that line. Let's stop down everything and just focus a lot on that. At your insistence, I was going to move on. Was this man's role in existence common knowledge amongst you boys this whole time and it somehow never made its way onto the pot? <laughs> Uh, we'll pause, he moves on in the next one, so we'll pause here to talk about the Wizard of Christchurch. Sure, a famous figure. Um, do you know what? We were both aware of him the whole time we've been podcasting. And- the whole time we've been alive, pretty much, because we grew up in Christchurch, where he's from. But he officially was, I think he was like de-titled, but he was, he became the um, the official Wizard of New Zealand. Yeah, and it is interesting, I guess, that it wasn't unusual to us. It was just like an old guy with a beard and a cloak who was the wizard. 
It was cool though. He used to like when Christchurch would go through a drought, he would do a rain dance. And mm. um he used to from memory, every time there was a census, I think he would like go out into international waters because he didn't want to be counted. Yeah, because he's not a person, he's a wizard. He would do that. That was his big gimmick. But then uh Guy Williams spotlighted him on New Zealand today. <laughs> yes. And um He's, our friend, our friend made a um, fantastic TV show where he's basically just highlighting all of these uh, great Kiwi characters, some of which you know and some of which you don't. And um, yeah, the Christchurch Wizard is a great figure to maybe see in a photograph or happen yeah. upon in Cathedral Square and and then be on your way. But maybe you don't want to hang around and have a lengthy discussion about cancel culture with him. Yeah, you don't want to know what he thinks. But as a concept, it's fun. <laughs> anyway. This grifter did very well to like wrangle. I think he was getting sixteen thousand dollars a year out of grifter. the Christchurch City Council. Well, I never. The amount of um, value that he brought to to Christchurch in the form of uh, tourism, I reckon, would have would have paid for that. Do you think people were the, going there because of the wizard? I think it was iconic. It's a package. You don't go to Christchurch for everything. You go to Christchurch for all of it. You don't go for the casino or the wizard. You go for the casino and the wizard. Yeah. You know? Isn't marketing interesting? Like tourism marketing like that, where it's like you're not going to go for the wizard, but when you're thinking about a place to go and you're like, oh, that's right, and they have this novel thing. It's a package deal. Gondola. (laughs) Why would you go to Christchurch? Gondola. Wizard. Casino. (laughs) Avon. Yeah. Littleton is probably one of the big draws now. <laughs> Not in Christchurch. Littleton's in Christchurch. Is it? I thought Littleton was like its own. It's not Christchurch because it's Littleton. It's its own thing. Uh, yeah, but. Littleton, if you don't come from New Zealand or maybe just haven't been to the South Island, is a beautiful little port settlement that's uh, way up on a kind of cliff. So you look down onto these big shipyards and it's um it's become a real hotbed of artistry and yeah. craftsmanship. And I imagine I'm I'm just guessing probably anti vax sentiment. Yeah. I, I did a show down there earlier this year actually and had a chat to the venue owner who um his son was uh I think a big user of the internet. And it got him into some pretty interesting theories about how the world worked. I met that son. I did a show there as well. And he was a really good guy. But we kept it light. Yeah. (laughs) We kept it super light. (laughs) He's good at sound and lights. The message continues. I've listened since season one, but I've only now commented because this news has been earth shattering for me. (laughs) Loved podcasts in a tree and I will sometimes go back to listen to episodes of Grown Ups 2 for some nostalgic giggles. You boys make my week every time a new episode drops, no matter the content, so keep them coming. Aww. Your dynamic is just so fun to listen to. Best, a loving but confused American. Aw, isn't that a sweet guy? It isn't is. nice? It's nice. the dynamic that does it. Um, I'm going to read the final email I'll be reading on this podcast. Okay. Says, Dear Timbo and Guy Guy, thought you might be interested to see this article that popped into my recommended news feed this morning. And Guy, there's an attached picture here. Um, there's three things. I want you to imagine this in your head. In fact, Guy, close your eyes. Yeah, good. You already did it. So think of a square. And 
in the square, cut it in half, like horizontal line. The bottom half is text. The top half has two images taking up equal space. On the left, a profile of Jeff Bezos. On the right, a rocket ship taking off, launching. Yeah. Fire coming out the back of it. The headline, more than 41,000 people have signed petitions to stop Jeff Bezos from returning to Earth after his trip to space next month. Smaller text under the headline, two petitions aiming to prevent the Amazon CEO's re-entry to Earth after his Blue Origin space flight have collected thousands of signatures in only 10 days. The email continues, Guy. You may open your eyes if you wish. An alternative to writing in the shuttle yourselves with the knife has presented itself. Time to put your not insignificant weight behind this very promising petition and he'll just have to live on the moon or something. I'd also be interested to hear your feedback regarding the last article I sent about a town in New Hampshire, probably New Hampshire, from which I'm sure your one libertarian listener must hail. I think I'm caught up on the friend zone eps, but I may have missed it. Go ahead. Send it. I'll, I'll go ahead and send it anyway, just in case. Um, just a note for you, Guy. And for the listener, a little timestamp for you. Uh, this was sent at 8.43 in the morning, New Zealand local time, on June 21. And this is um, the town that went feral. When a group of libertarians set about scrapping their local government, chaos descended, and then the bears moved in. We did get that article did, at the Yeah, time. I remember that. It's pretty good. P.S. I've recommended your podcast to my dad, who was mildly surprised not to have heard of you already since he knows several people on the busker side of things at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Are you familiar with the sword swallowing act, Tom Selectomy? Are you guy? No. Selectomy? Or by his given name, Jeff Cobb? He's been down your way a handful of times over the years, but has been taking a break due to an injury in 2017. I would like to know what injury the sword swallower received. Uh, dear emailer, if you wouldn't mind parting with that information. I couldn't agree more. But we do not know this person. I don't know any sword swallowers, in fact. I need to broaden my horizons, get out more. Don't be too hard on yourself, Tim. They're hard to come by. Um, now, shall, I, shall we end it there or shall I read one last thing? I want you to read two more. Two more? <laughs> yes. All right. This must have been suggested before but I'd love for you to watch and review your favorite movie every week for a year. At first glance, it seems like a treat, but would it eventually turn sour as you come to resent and even hate something formerly precious, further and perhaps permanently warping your perspective? Or maybe you'd continue to find hidden details that further enrich the movie and deepen your appreciation. Either way, it seems like a natural variation on the theme of the podcast. I'd put that in my ear holes. Thanks and keep up the good work. You have my blessing to say my name, Ranger Shorker. Ranger is such a cool name. I would never think of as a name. What movie would you pick, Guy? Because I don't have a favorite film. No, that neither do I. Comes but into do, my you, head. do you know what? Maybe I do. There's a movie that always pops to the top of my mind when I think about a movie I would like to watch. Austin Powers 2. Great movie, but no. Austin Powers, Goldfinger. I mean, member. Uh, slightly worse, but still fantastic movie, and no. Oh, what? 
and the glorious three. bastards. Oh. Gotcha. I love that. I often like rewatch the opening scene where Christoph Waltz uh, goes to visit the milk farmer, and he's in the he's in the kitchen, and there are the people hiding underneath the floorboards, and he's like, he's just. That is such a powerhouse of acting, that movie. He's so... I've never seen it, Guy. And I can distinctly remember starting it at one point and for some reason not finishing it, and I don't know why. That's incredible to me. It's a... I mean, it's like... I haven't watched it for several years, but my memory is always of a fun, like... No, Nazis have actually been cancelled now, Guy. We're against them as a, as the a The movie now. is also against Nazis. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's one of the few... Non pro Nazi movies. I thought this was Tarantino's um, parade of pro Nazi sentiment. So I'm glad to be glad to be proved wrong on that. Glad to be corrected. Yeah, don't you go trying that again. And for me, um, well, I'd have to say Flight of the Navigator due to recency <laughs> bias. It's up on my screen on Spotify. I don't know. I, I genuinely, I don't, I don't um, really have a favorite movie. What's the um, movie that comes to your mind though? Well, the one that comes to my mind is Interstellar, but it's one of those ones where I think I really love it, and then I go to watch it again, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is fucking long and kind of, like, boring. I just really love the soundtrack. Yeah. You you know? just, and I, I enjoyed it the first time, the f- maybe the first couple times, but it's not a great one for rewatchability. Mm. Um, even, like, I watched the first Matrix again recently. Because I tried to watch the whole trilogy to get ready for four coming out later this year. Yeah, and you know, I I I fight people. I have been known to fight people over the years trying to say that the two and three aren't so bad. They fucking suck, man. <laughs> yeah, are you, and what do you think? Are you looking forward to four? Yeah, yeah, big time. Four is exciting. What is there to suggest that four won't suck like two and three? Well, because it's so confusing as to what what the heck is going on. You know, Neon Trinity, well, I'm sorry to spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen it, but they big time carked it in the third one. Mm. So, like, what's going on now? Keanu Reeves has had a good career, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he has. He's had a good run. Yeah. The only time I did, so. One of the only times I did um, VR, I played the John Wick game. What? It's a John Wick VR game. It was so intense. Holy shit. I was just on a boat and I just couldn't what? stop shooting um, mafia guys. Or- oh, you're on a boat in the game? Yeah. I thought part of the story was, okay, so <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> There's a VR headset all set up. Nah, dog. You- hey, let's fucking put a pin in it. By Hold the on, way. I got, a question. I got a question for you before you go, though, guy. Could you see yourself getting into VR like in a big way? You know, actually, a VR. Like, I've thought about buying a gaming console this lockdown, and mm-hmm. I think VR would be a pretty powerful way to go. Honestly, travel's going to be funneled through VR, so I think I can see myself getting into VR. You a metaverse guy? Are you like, look, you fucking. Oh, you talking about what the, what the Zuck launched? Yeah, man, that looks well, awesome. No, he's not. He's not. He's that just getting on board. He's That's a guy who understands what people want. He didn't create. And also, anything. what they want to think about. People don't want to think about the past. They want to think about, you know, the blood or political responsibility that's on Facebook's hands. Facebook's gone, baby. It's meta all the way down now. No, it's meta at the top, but Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram still have their own names. 
pillars, pillars of the meta community. Anyway, we're straying dangerously into territory of another intellectual product of ours. They're all intellectual products. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm using intellectual as an adjective to describe the heady and intelligent nature of everything we make, Guy. We're intelligent and we're heady. Um, I just wanted to give myself a plug. Is that okay Yuck. with you? <laughs> Could you do it on your own time and not on the pod? You don't want to see me put this thing up my anus? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll allow it. What, what have you got to plug, Monty? Look, I released my comedy show from this year onto Bandcamp. Listen. Uh, <laughs> what is this tone? And it's called Guy Montgomery by name, Guy, Guy Montgomery by you're nature. You're selling a comedy special. You gotta you gotta put a little fucking showbiz razzmatazz in there. I was so fucking funny in May. I literally did the funniest show I've done in my life. But now <laughs> it's November and I've been in my house since September. That is a distant memory. But if hey, you want to experience wake this me, man up when September Oh fuck, wait, it's the wrong month. Yeah. If you want to experience me in a totally different frame of mind? Go on Bandcamp, search Guy Montgomery and buy. And do you know what I found actually when I was researching how easy it is to find on Bandcamp? What? That fantastic cut down of our first season done by Brett in LA Mm -hmm. is still available to buy on Bandcamp. Yeah. We still get kickbacks from that, mate. That's in your bloody royalty check. Go buy it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.